Kara Hodebeck and Jessica Lyles with Transitions Hospice. Ladies, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to talk today about, uh, well, I guess some of the paperwork to have ready. You know, when you do get into, you are in uh, hospice care now, Um, you know, it's nothing really the doctor can do for you. Hospice care, you know, we're we're keeping you comfortable, you know, trying to maintain your quality of life. We also maybe need to think about the quality of life as far as family members are concerned when it comes to, you know, some of these decisions that need to be made. You do have a social worker that can help with the family, mm-hmm. but what, what are some of these forms um, that, uh, that a patient should have ready to go? Um, re- really, if you're in hospice care or even a night, not in, mm-hmm. you know, just good for everybody to have. So this is one of my biggest passions about my job is I get to have these conversations with families. And I like to recommend if it's not something that you've talked about prior to have this conversation at dinner, have this conversation on a regular basis and and keep it in your daily dialogue. Um, You're wanting to look at your living will and your healthcare power of attorney and a post form, which would be your practitioner order for life sustaining treatment. And each form gives your family the opportunity to um, uphold your wishes to how you would want um, the rest of your life to go. And it, it takes away the burden of them trying to figure it out in a time of crisis. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, uh, what is, you mentioned a living will, as far as you guys are concerned, you know, what, what should be in that for you guys? So for us, it's not necessarily a requirement that you have a living will for Mm -hmm. hospice, but if you do have a living will, we need to have a copy. And a lot of times what you'll see in the living will is a healthcare power of attorney that's been appointed. Um, It usually will cover in the last stages of life if someone is not able to make decisions for themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, what their wishes are, and then it will also have a section for finances. Um, we need that because we then ask for the healthcare power of attorney paperwork and the post form, and they need to match what's in the living will. Mm-hmm. So if that's going to change, we need to have authorization from the patient stating that they'd like a different healthcare power of attorney or their wishes has has, mm-hmm. has changed. And so the uh, you know power of attorney that's is that basically a person who is making decisions for the patient if they are unresponsive. The healthcare power of attorney is someone that can make healthcare decisions on their behalf when they're no longer decisional. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean that um, this person is not awake or conscious. It might mean that they have a um, disease that is prohibiting them from making decisions um, on their behalf that they would make in a different state of mind. Okay. Um, but the healthcare power of attorney, there can be multiple people listed. There's mm-hmm. a primary, secondary, and it can go on from then. But typically, the people that are listed as healthcare POAs, they've already had these conversations with family members and the patient to discuss what their goals are um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Talking with Jessica Lyles and Kara Hodebeck about just uh, you know some of the some of the things uh, that's good to have in order and uh, that really just helps you guys out do your jobs to make sure that the patient's being taken care of and that you know there aren't there isn't a lot of and say back and forth or arguments mm-hmm. going on because you know it's it's not about you know maybe it's the wrong way of saying it it's not about the the family it's about the patient right now mm-hmm. not the family's drama so to speak exactly yeah. <laughs> and it's never too late to go ahead and get all of this in order you don't have to be admitted to hospice you don't have to have a terminal diagnosis it's a good idea at no matter what stage you are of in life mm-hmm. you know it's good to have these in order so that your family members or friends know 
you know, what steps you want to have taken if you're ever faced with that decision. Mm -hmm. You talked about, if I may say it wrong, the post or post form. Mm -hmm. What exactly is that? So the post form is the practitioner order for life-sustaining treatment. And there's an Illinois state copy. Um, You can print it off of the website as well. Um, And there's different sections. So the top section will be your demographic information, first and last name, date of birth and address, gender. And then the first question they're going to ask you is, in case you were to be under cardiac arrest and not responsive, would you A, want attempted CPR and resuscitation, or B, do not attempt resuscitation and DNR? Mm -hmm. It's important to, as Kara is saying, even if you're not on hospice, even if you're not dealing with a terminal diagnosis, print it off, fill it out, put it on your refrigerator. So if something were to happen and the fire department showed up, they would know what your wishes are Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. There's a few other sections and it talks about um, full treatment, selective treatment and comfort focused treatment. So if you are selecting to be resuscitated, we would need to know to what extent um, and that could include intubation, ventilation, IV fluids, Um, in certain invasive measures, Mm -hmm. um, or there's comfort-focused treatment where the primary goal is maximizing quality of life through nursing visits, medication, and oxygen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the bottom, it it discusses for medically um, administered means of nutrition, if you would want a long-term period of a feeding tube, if you were not able to feed yourself, uh, short-term period of a feeding tube, or no feeding tube, Mm -hmm. and pleasure feeding, which is self-explanatory but whatever you want to eat and you can we'll go (laughs) for it so can you ever maybe you can't answer this um but you had mentioned you know um don't you got some long-term comfort basically comfort care going but all of a sudden hey something's going to be okay you know or there's you're having a turn for the better can that be reversed at all, you know, just in case something happened? If you're still able to make that decision. Oh, yeah. If you're still able to make those decisions and the doctor comes in and says, hey, you know, I think you're doing, you know, quite a bit better and you'd want to make the decision. So say you're a DNR and you don't want to be resuscitated and you're told that good news, mm-hmm. you know, you can always go and reverse okay. your your pulsed or you can even reverse your health care power of attorney. Mm-hmm. None of that's set in stone. As long as you're still decisional, you can make those changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People want to find, and again, you have social workers that can help uh, help a family walk through this if mm-hmm. if they don't have it, and uh, or what what about if they maybe you are having these conversations maybe with your folks maybe you noticed something went to visit them over the summer or they mm-hmm. came to visit you and you're noticing something is just not right. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, and I want to call you guys just to get for some information. Can I talk with your social worker and just kind of say, hey, what forms should I be having ready? And they can kind of maybe not necessarily do it for me, but kind of just make sure I'm taking the right steps. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's excellent. What's the phone number we should call then? <laughs> Our phone number is... Uh, 877-726-6494. And you can also reach us at transitionshospice.com. Jessica Lyles, Kara Hodebeck, thanks for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you.